It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's great to have so many of you out there listening. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce master plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. You can join the chat about anything e-commerce, marketing or problem uh, or anything else at all in the e-commerce master plan world Facebook group that you will find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Today's special guest is Davies Roberts. He's an inventor and the founder of Flair Audio. He spent five years reinventing the loudspeaker on a mission to minimise all types of distortion. After winning the ears of the music industry, they used a Kickstarter campaign to launch their range of in-ear headphones and earplugs for the public. In 2017, they reached a turnover of 5.9 million, having grown 250% in the last 12 months. Hello, Davies. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, not too bad. Not too bad. Well, I've just given our listeners kind of the... the the potted history, very quick potted history of what's been happening at Flare Audio. But how did you end up selling your products via e-commerce? Right. So um, following the Kickstarter campaign, we sort of launched the campaign and it was um, kind of flat to start with. Um, and these are very exciting earplugs. And uh, we didn't know really, you know, why it was, it was the case that the product wasn't, wasn't rocketing. So um, we started to share on social media and on um, Facebook and then did some adverts. And it was really at that stage we worked out the secret to uh, rocketing um, the crowdfunding campaigns, which Mm -hmm. is really creating awareness. Fairly straightforward then when you get to that bit. Well, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, we started off by pushing posts, then we started looking for demographics. And then as we started to refine things, we realized that actually Facebook has got um, the most amazing algorithm, the most amazing ability to turn some uh, advertising spend into great amounts of revenue. Sounds like it's almost the start of a love affair, the way you talk about Facebook there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it was. And it's really interesting because I... So in my office, I have three screens, three iMacs, um, all run a different uh, screen. I'm talking the middle one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we what we run is a full funnel marketing strategy uh, on on um, Facebook, and we run reach campaigns, we run traffic campaigns, view campaigns, as well as conversion campaigns, and we use special techniques to uh, basically create intent. Because creating intent lets the algorithm then see where the easier sales coming from. It's not a, it's not just a case of running an advert and then crossing your fingers. You've got to actually work your marketing strategy and create uh, what I would term as a combine harvester, creating you know, flushing out where the sales are and then nailing them. So being salesman from DR marketing as well as brand awareness and creating intent. What do you mean by DR marketing? Direct response. Ah, okay. so, uh, that's what most people do on Facebook is they'll run uh, what we call a, a DR, so a prospecting campaign. They'll aim, say they've got, I don't know, um, a book, and they'll aim at certain people, demographics, who would be interested in buying that book. And then the algorithm works out who's going to buy that book and serves them an advert. And that's why 
Facebook is so powerful because it has the ability to use an algorithm to seek out purchases. But on its own, if you just did an algorithm and you just run a purchase campaign, it becomes less and less efficient as time goes by. And in order to keep that efficiency up, you need to run reach campaigns and awareness campaigns and push stuff and push people into the top of your funnel. So you're almost running the other campaigns to create people the algorithm can find to put the buy ad in front of. Correct. That's it. And cool. it, it's a very complex strategy that we run, um, but it's automated and uh, it's enabled Flair to uh, grow significantly from uh, a very small startup that was three people in an office that uh, was next to a scrapyard that had no heating and a leaky roof. And because um, the journey that Flair's had and been on uh, is has been one of quite immense struggle. Well, look, we're going to... Um go into a bit of that now and um, for those of you listening don't worry we will revisit Facebook I promise you um, so tell us a little bit about where the business is right now just to get it in the heads of those who are listening so you're you're in the UK yeah we're based in the UK um, we are serving sales to 162 countries worldwide um, we have 28 retailers across the world currently with our Isolate products, and we're very close to signing a distribution deal here in the UK for our earphone products. Very cool. And um, talking about the product, I must admit when I first heard that you sold earphones and earplugs, I thought that was almost sacrilege for a business business to be selling both because they seem to do exactly the opposite thing but actually they're very similar products aren't they so could you explain a bit about why you do both earphones so you can hear things and earplugs so you can't yeah so flair is a technology company um we develop and create technology and then uh we are developing it into products so currently we have 12 patents that are, are worldwide that relate to uh, as you said earlier about distortion-free sound, we've also got patents to do with uh, panels and uh, earplugs and various different bits and bobs. And the the idea is that we want to we've developed this technology. We continue to develop that technology, but in order to um, be able to license or make money from that technology, we must enter each sector of sound and basically get the social proof. We need to get proof the technology works. Mm-hmm. So um, we started with earplugs because that gives us a, a foundation and um, we sold, a, I think, close to 500,000 units last year uh, of Isolate. Um, so that's a very successful product. Um, and now what we're doing is um, developing our, our, our initial range of earphones. So we've got Flares Jet, Flares Pro and Flares Gold in uh, and, and a price point from £49 through to £999. And we are now slowly but surely uh, developing a full range around our personal audio products. Got you. So the earplugs were the way into the earphones space as such. Yeah, well, it, actually, you know, it was more a case of survival. Um, you know, we, I, I started Flair back in 2010, um, having worked in uh, Pro Audio uh, in, since 2007. I mean, do you want me to start right back at the the, the early stage of Flair and yeah, tell us tell us a bit about how you've overcome come those struggles and the journey because it does something like it's quite quite a cool journey you've been on. In yeah, retrospect. it's interesting. <laughs> so I, I was a fireman for thirteen years, and uh, I was a lifeboatman before that. 
Um, I was always wanting to help people or save people in some way. I always, I think it was a, 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 a an anti thing to do with what the bullying that I had when I was at school. Um, mm-hmm. I left school at 15 with no O levels or anything. Uh, so I was in uh, right at the bottom and, um, joined the fire service and then the, the lifeboat. Then I, I got pretty bored. Um, and Naomi got a, a job as a youth officer doing under 18 events. Um, and they needed to do some live shows. I then uh, purely out of interest, borrowed some sound equipment without knowing what I was doing and uh, went and hired it to the event. Um, did, the, did the event, fell in love with engineering. The band, you know, didn't know at the time that I didn't know anything to do with sound, um, but uh, they said it was sounded amazing. I fell in love with music um, mm-hmm. and they said, could you be our sound engineer? And so I ended up being the sound engineer. The band was called Cooper. Um, and then a week later, they were opening the Isle of Wight Main Stage Festival. Oh, uh, wow. Main Stage. Uh, Isle of Wight Festival Main Stage. And so um, <laughs> I was really blagging it then. I, I, I went <laughs> to a desk that was as big as a car and uh, I started um, mixing the band. And uh, that was the point where I thought, right, you know, I need to throw my life savings into some sound equipment, uh, bought some sound equipment, started to do gigs and then, became incredibly frustrated because sound quality was awful. Uh, if you've ever been to gigs and you really listen to the sound, it, 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 it's not good. Um, and I realized that the, the, the approach for the last hundred years had been wrong. People were putting drivers inside wardrobes, a bit like cupping your hand like that. Yeah. You can't hear what they're saying. Well, it's because the speakers are basically wardrobes in the air with a driver attached to them. And it seemed insane. So um, at that point, I started to throw everything I had into working out how to make the perfect loudspeaker. And um, that's when things got really hard. Um, we, we, I'd already thrown everything I had into the sound equipment, so I had to gradually sell that and develop my own speakers at the same time as trying to get patents because you, you it would yeah. be great if you come up with an idea, but if you can't protect it, then you, you may as well not even start because mm. I'm going to get taken over by competition. So um, I started writing my own patents. I was doing uh, writing my own patents, running the company, developing the products during the week, doing gigs at the weekend, working seven days a week. Um Oof got a £250,000 mortgage uh, on top of a, uh, another £300,000. I ended up with a half million pound uh, noose around my neck. Um, myself and my parents' house was on the line for about five years. And we struggled and struggled and struggled. And every day I didn't know whether we were going to make it to the next. Um, in fact, it, it, it drove in deep anxiety inside me and I fought and I fought and everyone said to me there's this 0% chance in Flair succeeding because what we were building was speakers that were being sold to the pro audio industry but the pro audio industry is tiny and they don't want to try new equipment. They want to rely on equipment that they know works and they don't want to experiment. You know, Beyonce won't go out with a, an experimental rig and risk her gigs. Hmm. So um, we had to desperately uh, keep going. And I, I found an initial bunch of investors which were very short-term, you know, in, in their mindset. 
that didn't work out. So I then went alone again and I fought and discovered, uh, you know, crowdfunding. And then that's when we run the first campaign for R2. Um, we put our technology, our approach into our earphone, put it onto uh, Kickstarter. And, you know, with a bit of social awareness, we got some of our first chunk of revenue. Um, and then from that moment, we had a couple of amazing, amazing investors who were very long-term view, very passionate, totally got me and got the technology and invested seven figures into Flair. Um, they saved the company. Without them, I yeah. wouldn't be here. Um, and um, that's the point where we've now gotten together a team. And then we went on and put the uh, isolate ear protector onto Indiegogo and um, really, you know, pushed it hard on social media. And then it went from nothing to 2.2 million. Um, uh, that was in 2016. Um, so suddenly we had massive demand for a, a product that shocked us uh, and we had to suddenly scale up. And from that moment on, we've been scaling and scaling and scaling. And, and it's given us a, a platform now to develop the rest of our technologies because what, what we've now got is um, technologies that enable us to produce any sound device from an earphone through to uh, an iMac through to telephones through to car audio through to ceiling speakers studio speakers we can do it all in any type of low-cost uh, product or very high quality if we want to go you know bong is really high we can we can basically get quality and address all the issues of um, sound distortions that have been in typical earphones. So we're going to enter uh, every single sector of sound step by step wow. and disrupt it. Um, we want to become the apple of the sound world. That's our focus. Um, and we are determined to uh, disrupt every area because it's everyone, everyone, even in your iMac speaker, you've got a plastic chamber that's got a driver inside that's resonating in a chamber and that's why it doesn't sound like a real person so yeah it's uh it's an interesting journey now this was the dream way back in 2010 um that kept me alive because i had this dream and this fascination and this focus and one foot was like i know what to do i i understand how to address this and the other foot was in in hell um the the interesting sorry if i'm what you no no this is good carry on carry on i've got uh, so many questions to ask you now i want to get the last bit of the story because yeah please the the interesting bit is how i developed the technology um it was about about 2012 when i really understood how to create every device and make it perfect and the breakthrough was the way i think um so Sound is invisible and there's no medium out there that can analyze sound and tell you how to improve its quality. All we can do is roughly guess what's going on with some very blunt tools. In fact, tools that don't really work. So um, in order to make perfect sound, I had to push my mind. And it was during the really hard times and the really hard struggle that I started to really focus in and focus in what's going on, what's going on. And it was then I started thinking at a particle level. So I started imagining what was happening as these particles, as little balls, moving backwards and forwards. 
and their interactions inside devices. And it's that point where I suddenly started to realize, actually, if I design it like this, they'll vibrate in this way. If I do this, this will happen. And I started thinking in a particle sense. So like now, when I look at people, I can imagine the particles of them coming together and grouping them and giving my brain a mathematical shape that I then term as reality. Um, it, it, it's so uh, such a relaxing state to do when you really focus on it. And it lets you get rid of all the crap in the world and all the frustrations and they're the not knowing. Just go, hang on, let's just take this down and really think about particles and what's going on and you can just get rid of uh get rid of the crap that you're you're fed (laughs) reprogramming (laughs) (laughs) i love the passion about your story it's uh it's it's fantastic and i think it will have helped a lot of our listeners who maybe are in that struggle stage at the moment or just coming out of it and trying to work out what to do next i've got a couple of quick questions for you and then i want to get back into kind of how you're achieving the growth these days i.e the Facebook thing. So which once you got past Indiegogo and Kickstarter and that initial cash injection, what platform did you pick to sell your products via online? Yeah, Facebook. Um, We, we have a story to tell and um, the difference between Facebook and every other advertising medium is the ability to get social proof and, be creative with how you tell people and also be dynamic. You can learn what people are liking, what they're not liking, how to get your language right, how to get your call to actions right, how to get your brand message focused. And it's that that Facebook enable. Um, Twitter's just, you know, just a few lines. And and if you did like other mediums such as, uh, you know, other... um, can't display advertising, say Google and stuff, you, you, you don't really get to tell the brand message. And that's what Facebook enables you to do, which is crucial to us. And are you taking the orders in the Facebook shop or are you taking the orders via your website? Oh, no, it's all via website. Um, it's just we're using um, Facebook to uh, basically the- find, find people. They're our sales team. And uh, what's your website built on? Uh, Shopify. Uh, Shopify, I, I would highly recommend to any startup uh, entrepreneur type because um, the couple of reasons why it's so good. Um, one is the, the ability to do templates and to also do your customization, which is what we've done. Um, two, you can plug in apps whenever you want to, say, change your currency. So our website, it changes currency based on where you are anywhere in the world. Um, it enables so much to happen. But the, the key aspect is the ability to put the pixel number, the code, into the uh, Shopify area, and it automatically deploys the pixel cookie, which is uh, very hard to do properly if you're on a CS cart site, because we, we tried it on CS cart. We just couldn't get it firing right. And that's the Facebook pixel, isn't it? Just in case anyone yeah. was thinking, what pixel? What pixel? <laughs> <laughs> As they do. Um, yeah, absolutely. But it, it's, it, it, and it's the, it, you get, I mean, you get so many features with Shopify. You get, um, you know, things like fraud reporting. It alerts you when they're high-risk transactions, medium-risk, low-risk. It tells you, uh, you know, you can do ch- shops on Instagram, on Facebook, 
you've got a POS system so you can take it, you know, in, in, in your unit or in your shop. Um, it, it's, it's very, very powerful for those who want to get selling on, uh, on the internet. Again, anyone who hasn't yet given Shopify a go, you can get a very special e-commerce master plan offer if you go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify. But stick around here for the moment because we're about to start getting a bit deep into Facebook for the next few minutes. So, Davies, you said that um, your Facebook campaign, I think you said you had three different strategies on the go. Is that right? It was the the conversion and then the levels above that. Yeah, so you've got full funnel marketing. So, the, the idea is that any company needs to do um, two main features. They do need to do two things. They need to build brand awareness so that you get people talking and looking for your brand. And then you need to convert your sales. So the traditional sense would be um, magazine adverts and then have salesmen in your store. Mm-hmm. Well, Facebook have enabled you to get rid of the salesmen. Um, what they've enabled you to do is... Um, for the algorithm to seek out who's most likely to buy your items. Um, what What's really fascinating and amazing about Facebook advertising is Ads Manager. Now, I don't know how many of your listeners do uh, Facebook advertising, but the majority of people just boost post. Boost, boost I know, post. it's shocking, isn't it? It depresses uh, me. Yeah, and that, that's not, not using Facebook ads. That's just giving Facebook money, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, totally. And it, 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 you may as well... Doing, doing it on any other medium because it's not going to generate you any revenue. Yeah. Um, and going into Ads Manager, you need to deploy the pixel onto Shopify, um, which gives Facebook the ability to see where people go and what they do. Um, now, the way I look at it is it's not just people going through your site. There's different people with different intent going through your site. And it's this intent that drives the algorithm. So... You've got to feed high-quality uh, traffic into your site to enable the algorithm to then seek out who's going to buy things. So we do uh, a number of things, but mainly we, we get an audience. The audience is who you want to serve the ad to. So with us, we use a lot of lookalikes um, because we have um, close to well, over 200,000 customers now. So we can use that data to put into Facebook. We then, uh, obviously, we have permission <laughs> to uh, use that data because we, we ask people if they want to join up to a mailing list uh, and advertising when they purchase their item. That's actually really important, especially what's going on with Facebook. Um, we put that into a custom audience, and then we can market to that audience or we can create a lookalike of that audience. Um, and that's really how um, the, the, the political campaigns have used Facebook. They create a custom audience. They create a lookalike from that audience, so a close match to 1%, and then they can go and find more customers based on their original customers. Um, is um, every single one of your ads designed to get people through to your website? Or are you doing some that are about getting people to watch a video about the product, and then you'll market to them again to get them through to buy? Um, no, ours is more about brand and, and, and DR marketing. So the brand is about telling people about the product and showing them a, a creative because we want to um, increase and we want to help support all our retailers and Amazons. We have Amazon Worldwide and, and different places like that. So we, we, we put a percentage of our spend into brand awareness so that they increase their sales and we help them. And then we have another percentage that is down to direct response marketing for our website where we want to convert people onto it. So we 
we try and get that balance right so that it's it's it enables more and more retailers to join our um uh, our, our group of official uh, flare stockers cool and do you ever do facebook lead ads where you go for the email address rather than the traffic or is it traffic no. traffic traffic yeah traffic 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 i i the thing is if people want to sign up to our mailing list they'll do it on our website and if they um you know they, we want to we want to we want customers to be marketed to the thing that would lead gen ads is you, your quality of uh audience goes down um we want to we want to stick to genuine uh once, once people buy a flare product they become uh, a very valued customer of ours and we want to keep that uh database that we have purely of customers and people who want to be notified i think lead gen is a you know i, I can see where it's where it's really useful uh, for people but for, for us no customer 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 yeah absolutely okay cool and um all that Facebook, I mean, you know, you, you're doing a huge amount with Facebook. Are you managing all that in-house or have you gone to an agency or outside experts to do it? Or is it is it so important to the business it has to be done by the team? Uh, yeah, actually, it's it's all me. Um, I run, um, I, we're, one of, you, we're one of Facebook's largest uh, UK SMEs. Um, we run significant seven-digit advertising on them. Um, we also run Twitter, uh, Rev Content, Taboola, Google, um, Outbrain. Um, so we run pretty much all the main advertising platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it myself. It's set up and it pretty much runs itself. Um, there's not a lot we do. We, we don't change creative every five minutes like a lot of, cust- a lot of companies do. We believe in getting a good creative and pushing it over a quite a long period of time. Um, we did try an agency, um, but we found that they just followed the rule book and we, we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to be better than the rule book. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so we, we have got someone that we have got a position uh, coming up shortly that we're going to um, be having a paid social manager uh, come in and take over, but it's really going to be done at the right time. Once I'm happy with um, everything here and we're yeah. happy with the strategy. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's too important to hire someone at the wrong time to do that, isn't it? Yeah, and- Absolutely. I, I love the fact that you're, you're. I would say you're 99% as passionate about Facebook as you are about the product creation process you told us about. I think, think that's absolutely well, awesome. It, um, it, it's a tool. It's an amazing tool and it's free. I mean, you pay for your advert, but the tool is free and there's nowhere else on the planet that you can do all that. And so I think if any business is not on Facebook, they need their head examined. Awesome. Um, a couple of a couple of little questions to clarify a couple of things you've been talking about on Facebook, and then we're going to head into the top tips round. So, my sure. first one is: you said about you're using the same creative over long periods of time. Yeah. Is that? Did you pick that creative based on what you thought in house, or did you do initial testing for the first couple of weeks and go, "That's the winner. We'll run it." Um, so we, yeah, initially we started out with creatives that were just the product. And uh, that's how we launched Isolate with the little, little products. And it worked really well. And then it sort of died. And we couldn't quite work out why it died because it was a really good creative. It looked really cool. And then we did uh, just a very simple image of um, a girl wearing Isolate at a gig, um, really close up on her ear, which is the current uh, creative that we use. And it just rocketed sales. And what we realized was that we were showing what it looks like to use. 
what it looks like mm. if you were going to be wearing it. And that sort of lifestyle shock creative m- meant that it, we just hit the nail on the head. And it's telling the story for you, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because sound is really difficult because you can't show people sound. All you can do is give them really product images and brand, whereas the ear protectors, they look a lot cooler than bits of foam. And so <laughs> go to a gig now and actually look really cool. But the main thing is that these, these ear protectors do, they make the gig sound better because you remove direct sound impulses going into your ear and you just hear through vibrations through your head. So it means that everything's flat, calm, really quiet, but you get to hear all the detail, um, which if you're at a small pub gig, you never hear detail because your ears are being <laughs> abused. And the, the shocking thing is if you wear these things to a gig, for 20 minutes, take them out of your ears. It's like, oh my God, they're going back in. And I love loud music. And even I now wear them at every single gig. Being converted by your own product. (laughs) Um, uh, So Davies, the other question I had about, the last question I have about Facebook is, there are lots of kind of like add-on analysis tools you can get for Facebook. Are you using any of those? Are you just simply, it's you and ad manager? Uh, it's me and ads manager. Um, last click, click attribution. It's the only way you can really roll it if you're doing it on a, a touch and feel basis. So I, um, I've i gotten so into it that people have said that I'm almost in the matrix with it. I can, <laughs> I can, I can see the numbers, watch it, feel it, and know what to do instinctively. Mm. Um, we, uh, we've got to make a, a set amount of money each day, net revenue, and we are constantly achieving it. Now, we are looking to move to a more analytical uh, approach where we will, I mean, we, I do use uh, Google Analytics, but I use it in real time just to see people on the site. But we are now starting to go more analytical as um, it gets tougher on Facebook because there's more and more advertisers coming on to the platform and that makes the CPAs go higher and higher and it makes uh, your targeting all the more important. So um, we are now starting to go down that route. Okay, well, look, I think it's time we go into the top tips round now. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Davies, first up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Oh, wow. That's actually that I don't um yeah, so <laughs> the way I, I don't I don't read or li- listen to too many people. Mm-hmm. Um my I don't I don't have a recommendation. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well my so my what the the way that I've evolved and the way that I run my business is I, I I've been constantly trying to remove any pre-programming that I get in my head. So I'm, I'm always trying to be dynamic. And I suppose I would say to the types of people who are similar to me, don't read a book, you know, go out and learn how to do something amazing. You know, whether it's whatever, whatever you do, go and learn and, and just find it out for yourself. That is, it's, it's the hard route, but if you can land on something amazing, it's the most enjoyable route. Love it. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? I wonder what this might be. Okay, so um, yeah, this is really interesting because there's two. There's two. Um, I'll let you as you as you kind of evaded the book. Well, I'll let you have two traffics. Okay, so um, 
the killer, the killer, the killer way really is to combine lookalike audiences with demographics and uh, use conversion campaigns. Um, really trying to go super narrow on the demographic and the targeting, but do it over the whole of the UK so or a whole of the country. So finding a combination of lookalike customers and demographics gives you a super efficient targeting method. Excellent. Okay. And then the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Um, we love Slack. Um, we use that all the time. Um, we're also starting to use Microsoft Teams now, but communication um, through the team is absolutely key, especially as you start to grow. Um, when you first start off, um, you, you're, you're, you're a managing director or you're, you know, you're on your own and you get a small team around you. Communication is not that important because you can just talk to each other. But as your team grows, especially when you start to have some off-site uh, CS people, customer services, um, then you need to be able to have some efficient communication. And Slack and Microsoft Teams, which are both, uh, well, Slack is, is free. Microsoft Teams comes with Office 365, but Slack is certainly free. And that enables uh, everybody to have um, different uh, feeds of different information, different groups. Awesome. Uh, the growth top tip then. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Absolutely, product. Um, in any business that you do, what you do is key. Um, you can have the best marketeers on the planet, but if you've got a product that's not quite perfect or something that's not quite hitting the mark, you're on an upward hill to start with. Um, what I've learned is you get the product absolutely right um, for the right market, and then you don't even need to be an expert in marketing. It will just sell itself. Um, but when you do then apply intelligent marketing, you can rocket it. So product first, um, marketing second um, is what I would give us a top tip for growth. Excellent. Masterplan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Davies, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and Flair Audio on the web and social media, please? Okay, yeah, so it's www.flareaudio.com. That's spelled F-L-A-R-E-A-U-D-I-O. Um, that's our website where you can find all our retailers. We're also on Amazon. Um, you can go uh, to Amazon US, Amazon UK, uh, all across Europe and Amazon Japan. And we are also obviously on Facebook, and that's Flare Audio, spelled F-L-A-R-E-A-U-D-I-O, and on Twitter. And I believe you have a little offer for our listeners too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, your listeners, uh, if they um, were to basically use the link that you can supply on this uh, po on podcast, you'll get 10% off any Flare product. Marvellous. Well, I will add a link to that offer and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. You can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Davies, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been fascinating hearing your story and your passion for Facebook as well. Um, thank you. Thanks very much. It's been lovely to uh, talk to you. Well, guys, how much passion was just dripping out of the, the speakers there um, from Davies. He's just, um, which I've just agreed with him, an actual code you guys can use. So if you can't be bothered to head over to the e-commerce master plan website, you can go straight to flareaudio.com to get 10% off any of their products using the code master plan. Um, I guess 
key things from that were, you know, if you knuckle down and really focus in and get those Facebook stories right and get the the activity right to drive it through and let the algorithm do the heavy lifting for you, the sky is the limit. Let me know what you thought about this interview or any others by joining in the chat in the Facebook group. That's ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. If you want some more tips and tricks on Facebook, there's my session on it, which is in the virtual summit, which is still available to watch and registration remains free at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Have a great week, all of you. Keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.